Welcome to another episode of Cyber Prophets, prophesizing the future of technology. This is a podcast made for you and for you only to learn and to be prepared for what's coming in the future. My name is Edgar and I'm here with my co-host, Federico. Welcome everyone. Thank, thank you, Edgar, for this small introduction. Hopefully today we're going to learn a lot from our guests. Exactly, Federico. So today we're going to talk about a very interesting topic. The source of many ideas has been in hackathons. Hackathons are this special place where people, especially coders, are during a whole weekend coding, 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 and trying to develop a new idea, trying to develop a new solution for a problem. And we have here an expert in hackathons, an organizer of one of the biggest hackathon events in the Czech Republic. He has two master's degrees, incredible, one from Berlin and one from the University of Economics in Prague. He is also the owner and chairman of Hack Prague. As I mentioned before, he organizes the biggest hackathon in the Czech Republic. It has around 150 attendees and involves more than 20 different stakeholders. Dear audience, help me welcome Michal Jirko. Michal, welcome to the show. Hi, Edgar. Hi, Federico. Thanks for inviting me to our podcast. Thanks for deciding to take this challenge, Michal. And, well, uh, seeing your LinkedIn, man, I can say that you have a great experience and I am very impressed by what you've accomplished so far. But could you please tell us a little bit more about yourself? We would like to know you more. So, yeah, there are a lot of things about me, but I'm just going to be a bit brief. Uh, so, as you mentioned, I've got like two degrees uh, from like different uh, areas. Um, uh, yes. One is from like computer science from Berlin. The second one is management from uh, University of Economics. Um, I'm also organizing like crack. Uh, this year we're gonna make the fifth hackathon already. So we started in 2017. So nice. uh, <laughs> it's gonna be like this. And then I've got a lot of like smaller projects and uh, working right now as a quantitative analyst. So <laughs> this is like some small intro about me. And what is what is gonna be this year's uh, hackathon's topic? Oh, it's gonna be general. <laughs> We're uh, gonna rely on the on our partners to provide us with some special topics. So we're gonna see. <laughs> Great. So it seems that you cannot spoil us what is gonna happen this year, but. <laughs> Maybe you can tell us how did you come with the idea of creating this hack frag? What was oh. the main goal behind it? Well, actually, it was in 2017 in January. Uh, uh, at that time, I was in Berlin uh, studying my uh, master degree, and my friend from US, from Yale University, came to visit me. And we both attended a lot of hackathons here in the US, uh, me in, the, in Prague and in Berlin and in Europe. And yeah, we found it cool. We were talking about it. And then, uh, at the end of the, of their trip in Berlin, uh, we just thought to ourselves, Hey, why don't we make the biggest hackathon in the Czech Republic? And then it actually <laughs> started. He, uh, 
contacted his friend from Yale who organized Yale Hacks. And then in six months, we organized our first Hack Prague in wow. K10. So <laughs> this was it. <laughs> And so, so when you were in Berlin, you were participating in the hackathon, not organizing yeah, the yeah, participation. Yeah. Yes. And what project did you develop back then? Uh, like one of our most successful projects was was called Pralinka. It was like um, uh, uh, occupation signalizing system uh, in the underground or in the uh, Metro. Mm -hmm. Basically, it was like some kind of a LED strip on the platform. And before like train comes, you would, you would like get, uh, like visual info, like with red light or green light, which segment of the incoming train is going to be like more empty or less empty. So, uh, then you can like position yourself, uh, in the less uh, occupied like train segment before the train comes. I see. I see. So this could then like uh, improve the time uh, before like uh, uh, people exchanging the train, so that uh, not everyone gets goes to the front when where everyone is, but yeah. they can like split evenly, more evenly along the whole platform, and then uh, enter the right segment or the less empty one and exchange quicker. And for example, when you started to organize the hackathons, what kind of challenge you faced? Because in the end, you were an entrepreneur in this game. And for sure, there were many doubts that you had, like, yeah, we want to build the greatest hackathon, but where do we start? Oh, yeah. Um, as said, uh, we got a friend from Yale who organized Yale Hack. So yeah. he got lot of like useful resources and he also spent a lot of time like putting this together with us so basically we got most of the knowledge from him uh the greatest challenge was uh i think uh, setting up the venue as we booked uh, k10 which is a co-working nice villa but uh then we realized we're gonna have to build a huge tent in the in the garden where we can make the opening ceremony for 100 people because in this villa there was like no room for so many people and uh, we were a bit afraid of the weather that it's gonna be bad and that we, uh, the, the experience is not gonna be so great so uh, i think this these logistics challenges were the most uh, challenging, but in the upcoming years, I think it was with the fundraising. Like, mm -hmm. uh, that was a challenging. So you started with the experience and problems with the venue, and then it became the fundraising. The main yeah, yeah. yeah. And how did you get funded in the beginning? Uh, like, uh, at the beginning, I think my friends, they, like, they got some 40,000 email addresses from US companies. <laughs> so, they were just, yeah, but, but, but they actually focus on those who are also in, in the Czech Republic and uh, we emailed them. And uh, from top, it went down to, to the offices here in Prague and then they contact us. So it was pretty going smoothly. But in the like uh, upcoming or like in the later years in 2018 so it was not so straightforward as we got uh, actually no one really dedicated to fundraising 
Yeah. So we have to like overtake it uh, from like main and from uh, from the other guy. Yeah. You know, Mihal, it, it looks to me that like organizing a hackathon is a it's a lot of work. Like sending forty thousand emails to get the, <laughs> the the to raise some funds, but also like contacting the stakeholders, setting up the venue, like everything. So and you also had this motivation to set up the biggest hackathon in Prague, the biggest event. But what was exactly like your motivation, your inner drive? What why did you what what told you like yes I want to do the the biggest one? Yeah, I really like the community and uh, as uh, I attended a lot of hackathons I kind of wanted to like somehow give it back and also organize something. Uh, and it's also you got to know a lot of like interesting people also like from the hacker side, but also from the like partner or sponsor side. So yes, I feel like uh, it gives you some kind of a satisfaction from this like expanding your network and getting to know know a lot of interesting people. And right now, that for example, that you have been able to organize successfully several hackathons. Can you tell us, for example, what are the, like the basic steps that you follow each year, like besides trying to reach the sponsor? Okay, like the basic steps is, I think, setting up the date when we're going to make it, mm -hmm. uh, the venue, then starting fundraising, then getting the design for the web page uh, or like for the hackathon team, setting up the website, uh, uh, opening up the registration for form for the participants, uh, like marketing it, then uh, like negotiating with the partners uh, about the different perks, getting some speakers, uh, oh, yeah. making the timeline for the hackathon and uh, then the logistics stuff, like if there is like internet, like uh, uh, if the benefit of the internet is like uh, satisfactory or if we have to like increase it if we need to buy more electric plugs and so on <laughs> so and then uh, basically when uh, the day comes then find volunteers uh, somehow uh, uh, communicate what everyone should do and then let's it happens somehow <laughs> and then you have to write a report and like summarize it and like uh, maybe some uh, give some interview for, for some article in the newspaper and so on so wow it's pretty a lot of steps and how much time can happen between the between day one the day that you say we're gonna do this hackathon until the day it actually happens yeah, it's usually like half a year like in the first few months uh it's like few days a week or like few hours a week but then it's got more in, gets more intense and uh it's more like demanding and you get also more like responsibility but because you already got more and more people involved yes. more people are counting with this so uh you start to feel the responsibility and yeah, yeah. you you cannot like go back so does it become like a full-time job in terms of the workload? Uh, yeah, yeah, K kind of. A <laughs> I would yeah. say yes, like at least a month or like yeah, month before. 
it's like a full-time job like to finish everything but it depends i try to like uh uh make the people more responsible now because i don't have so much time so i try to like work with my team and uh, give them more like uh or split the uh, tasks more more to them and i'm wondering about something even though you told us that you cannot spoil us the topic for the for the current year <laughs> so do you have any idea for example how do you how your sponsor choose uh, okay this year we would, like, we would like to focus on fintech or we would like to focus on blockchain do you have any hint or it's just like we want this and no matter what uh yeah i can tell you maybe we gonna we might have something around uh, bank id about what bank id bank it's ID. actually using your credit card for like verification uh that you don't have you don't need to have your like id your like uh citizen id but you can use your uh credit card verification yeah for verification processes okay that's an innovative idea i yeah. hadn't heard about it before yeah it's starting now i think they are still fixing some issues but it should it should somehow start to work <laughs> and then maybe something around uh like commodity market or maybe something in like more in this uh trading finance but we'll see we'll see we are at the beginning now yeah. uh, we still got some like four months or five months to go so oh nice 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 and, and how do you actually identify your sponsors Nihal? uh like we've reduced our uh list of 40,000 uh contacts <laughs> okay uh, currently we get like i don't know 500 contacts or like 500 companies mainly from like the czech republic which we like try to contact and uh, uh basically it depends on the topic like this year we're gonna make like not actually like one topic but it's going to depend on the partners so we can basically contact everyone but last year we were more focused on fintech so we contacted like banks or like some fintech companies and so on mm. so it mainly depends on the topic and you know well i have a question let's say very strange question but the thing is that edgar and i would have taken part in multiple hackathons as you said that you have taken part in multiple hackathons also but i'm wondering why do you think that we always get pizza and coke during the hackathons oh <laughs> i think like there are two things uh that you can eat pizza with your hands so you don't have to waste time like using a uh, knife <laughs> Uh, to cut it, you can just coat and like eat it. And also, it's pre pre pretty cheap. And uh, and coke, uh, it's uh, there is caffeine, so you don't need to wait until your coffee is ready. You can just drink it straight. <laughs> so. Uh, that, that's a very funny explanation. You know, uh, we uh, as Federico mentioned, we we did participate in several hackathons. Uh, in El Salvador, in our home country, yeah. but every time they were just saying like pizza and coke, pizza and coke, pizza and, coke. <laughs> and then, you but, know, it, it also fits this stereotype 
of the software developers always like the kids <laughs> in the coke. <laughs> but I think this is mainly in the like in the US continent. Uh, I think here in Europe, I, I've been to a lot of hackathons, and also our hackathon is that we get a like normal lunch, normal like dinner, and wow. the pizza is mainly like for midnight snack. Midnight. So, like, <laughs> midnight. If there is still someone like coding, which is like eighty percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we 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 bring like I don't know sixty pizzas and <laughs> everyone is there like waiting for for their piece or for their yeah. like box. <laughs> in it's the fun. Czech Republic, I only participated once in in a hackathon. And you were right, like they were serving like apples, oranges, banana. Mm -hmm bananas and like it was more healthy than the american version of the of diet <laughs> that's very nice and now we uh so let's say that uh the hackathon happens and then how do you choose the winner of the of the hackathon is it like all in the hands of the sponsors or do you as hack Prague organizer have a say in the matter uh, so we, as a hackprack organizing, have we don't have any word in there. We got like a panel of judges. Okay. These are mainly like from the sponsoring companies, like from sponsors, and from the speakers or like guests. So we just like direct them. We uh, tell them what are the criterias, how they how the judging process works, and then they have to decide on like based on their like knowledge and feeling uh how many points are they gonna give to to each like presenting team so we don't have actually no influence uh on the like decision process but that point system you create it every year or is it is it defined by the sponsors or how for example how do you create that let's say point system uh, the point system is basically created on, uh, uh, I don't know, like based on feelings or like I've read some kind of articles uh, about it. Uh, I've also participated in some hackathons and asked like how they were, were judging or it was written there. So we basically try to put some kind of a system which would take into account uh, many different aspects like the creativity like if the project is like novel or if it's like uh, like basic website for example with no any like edit volume then uh, like the technical difficulty if some kind of ai machine learning and so on if like it's if, if, if it's more technically advanced uh, and like we also focus about on the presentation style like how does the presentation looks like if it's like more professional like it's it's like more marketing uh, wise live better yeah. so there are like i think five different aspects which we uh take into account so one question mihal so with rico we participated in some hackathons in which although they were technological and you were supposed to develop a software but you could win the hackathon literally with only the presentation of the idea. You didn't have to code. Mm -hmm. So in your hackathons, are you expecting people to have like some prototype of the application, let's say? Or can they just present the idea and they could potentially win with that? Uh, 
yeah, we require the participants to uh, share their uh, GitHub repositories with the uh, judges. Mm -hmm. So if there are some like concerns about <laughs> not making like a full app of like faking it, then uh, we can have a look at the GitHub <laughs> repository and see like what was really like made. So basically, we try to like have also take this also into account. And, verify that it's not like only the marketing presentation yeah <laughs> there is a, like a real real prototype behind it well yeah it's, it's something that we face that some i remember that the ones we lost against a powerpoint presentation yes literally <laughs> that's, that's why the question came because it's like well is it a hackathon or is it a powerpoint presentation <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I'm wondering about something related. It's like, let's say that some the the win, let's say the winning teams. What happens after them? It's like, do they just present the idea and they just carry on with their lives, or there's any follow up with the sponsors, or what happened with those projects? Mm -hmm. uh, it depends from year to year. Uh, basically, this year, I think some of the winning teams were in contact with our main sponsor, which was the seed starter from Chiska Sporitella. And uh, then we were also in contact regarding like an article for uh, Czech fintech cowboys or fintech cowboys. Oh yeah. And all the teams were like that they want to continue working on their uh, projects. Uh, but so far I have no like further information. So I think I'm gonna uh, write them and ask for some uh, if they made some progress. But yeah, we try to help them connect with the partners, and uh, but we cannot like, uh, or we we don't have the possibility now to like push it further. Yeah. But actually, I've heard about some projects which were created on Hick Prague. One of them, I think, there was a small company created, and they were working together with one of the partners, and some of the project was also. Uh, used in one of the companies which one of the participants created afterwards. So they made some product and they used the project uh, to actually extend their their like like product. Oh, nice. So I think that uh, there are some like so some of the projects are really useful at the end and uh, and are like shared across the public or across the community yes I, I also agree with you like several projects can be actually very useful in the real world but they do not receive the support that they should mm -hmm. at least that's what happened in el salvador in the hackathons that we participated and we won a couple of them but after after the hackathon had ended like uh, we were left alone let's say yeah. so this is this is also kind of discouraging for the for the participating yeah. teams. Yeah, uh, I know. Uh, actually, with one project with this occupation signalization, as I mentioned, uh, yeah. which was successful, which which we did. Uh, actually, uh, this was in Berlin, mm -hmm. and it was on Deutsche Bahn Hackathon, and there were also like uh, there like colleagues from Japan, from GREs, and they invited us uh, uh, to Japan. To discuss wow. like further things, so we went uh, like 
half a year after after the hackathon to Japan for a week. Uh, we were in the GRE's headquarters, which is like the Deutsche Bahn for like Japan or like in the Tokyo area. And uh, we discussed with with them, but then it turned out that it's pretty hard to somehow work with uh, overseas like companies or startups and yes yeah it's pretty hard it's like that so but it was pretty nice trip <laughs> at least <laughs> you know that when you said something about github like i had like something in mind what if someone builds a low code application let's suppose that someone appears with something like out system or something like using like Microsoft Power Apps. It's still, they are solving the problem, but they are not gonna use Java, C Sharp, or anything like that. And they can and they can still solve the problem. Mm. And you can say, can I use AI? I can use Google Google AutoML, zero code. I can use Azure Machine Learning Studio Designer, zero code. And I can still solve the problem. How would you handle a situation like that? Because this is something that, as I said, I'm working with those things and I have been working with that. There is zero code behind. It's not something that I can give you the code because the code is what Microsoft wants and they are not going to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good question. Maybe we're going to have to like incorporate it into uh, uh, the judging process for, for this year. But I think usually the participants are using like really like coding. They, they are not mm -hmm. using some tools or if they are using some tools they we encourage them to like add it to the presentation so we at least know how they like came to that solution or or like that and also the demo is uh, it's usually like live so uh, you can see but but uh, uh, during the judging process actually the judges can ask them and there is like a few minutes to actually clarify these uh, these like questions or like yeah. uh, how did they made uh, made a solution and why don't have they have any like GitHub code and so I think it can be like somehow manageable but mm -hmm. still it's, it's yeah, more complicated to evaluate. Yeah, I think it's something that you should consider because generally in our let's say for me for the last four years that I since I started to get involved in local. It's something really, really normal. In the company where I'm working right now, they send the secretaries, and I'm very clear, the secretaries to learn how to use these tools to build apps by themselves. Wow. There is a there is a project, a process now that is called democratization, and we're building citizen developers. That means they can build their own apps by themselves without learning how to code in any of the technologies. And some of these people have built real apps for Android and iOS that are deployed in the stores. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think we should think, get together and think more about it. <laughs> How to evaluate it. Yeah, it, that's why I was thinking, like, because I, mm. I, I completely, if I, if I hadn't been working in this kind of company, perhaps I had never come to the conclusion. But is there also like some possibility to, to like share the code with someone? I think there were some projects made in DeepNode last year, which is like a, a Jupyter notebook, uh, but I for like co collaboration, like online. Yeah. And uh, they just shared the link for their like mm -hmm. DeepNode notebook. 
and yeah, there you can could like see the code and like mm -hmm. go through it without like uh, the possibility to change anything like without the permissions. Just like mm -hmm. see the code and go through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that this. This kind of tools, like locals and UiPath out systems, can be something to look forward in the future. Yeah. Yes, as Federico said, like they are getting more and more popular. Yeah. Maybe it would be cool to contact them and have them as uh, partners, sponsors. <laughs> That's a, a great <laughs> idea. Yes. I, I think that OutSystems will be happy with that because OutSystems is a Portuguese company and UiPath is a Romanian company. Yeah, that would be a great idea. Yeah. Maybe you can also, they can also promote their <laughs> products yeah. in there. And now, Mihal, uh, I would like to talk about something that's very current. That's the pandemics. So, as far as I know, last year, Hatbrack was, um, was realized online, right? Yeah. And how do you think that the the COVID-19 has changed the landscape of the hackathons. Yeah, actually a lot of the hackathons, they <laughs> went from the offline form to the online form. Yeah. And they, there were like a lot of platforms created during that time. I think when we did it like, I don't know, it was half a year or like more, more than a half a year ago, then these platforms were still like, uh, being created, they were not much developed mm -hmm. and they were mainly focused like on conferences. But I think as of now, they are there, there should be like better and uh, the hackathons would be maybe a bit better like, uh, to be organized online. But still, uh, I think uh, the possib possibility of like meeting the people in person, having like non formal non-formal talks during the event it's like uh, yeah, you, you really miss it uh, on the online calls but it was certainly really funny because everyone was working uh, with their team in their office uh, they had like an uh, online room where the like mentors could like enter have a talk with the team then leave and like join other, in a, another team so uh, in this it was like more efficient but I think yeah, you have lost a lot of uh, lot of this contact and uh, like building friendships and so on. And do you think that in the let's say in, after the pandemic is over, are we going to have more hack online hackathons, or are we going to come back to the physical one, or we're we going to have kind of hybrid hackathon? Uh, yeah, I hope I hope it's going to be like more hybrid. As for example, uh, one of the participants, he participated in, uh, I think, all of the last HackPracks. And yeah. now he, he was working in, or he's still working in Luxembourg. And <laughs> he was really like uh, happy that he can partici participate online, that can be done like <laughs> online, that he can join also like this year's. Yeah. So I, I think the hybrid scheme like uh, would be a way to go for the like next years. and. But yeah, with the hybrid one, it's uh, always a problem to count uh, how much pizza you need to order. <laughs> <laughs> That's really true, yeah. <laughs> some of them receive it, some of them might be difficult to get it to Luxembourg. 
Yeah, but uh, we used uh, Dame Idlo this year, so the participants, uh, yeah, we distributed like food vouchers to them, no so way. they can if they were working like here in Prague or in like other cities where Dame Idlo is, they could like order through foodies. No way, really. So you yeah. actually distributed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we actually distributed the food, even even when it was online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's actually amazing. I wouldn't have expected that. So, so, so we have at least some experience, like the, <laughs> as a really, like from a really good one. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, and, and I also heard that the Hackprack 2020, the topic for that hackathon was the future of fintech. Yeah. Since, since we here in the Cyber Profits like to talk about the future of things, can you tell us more, more about like what kind of projects did you see in this hackathon last year? Oh, there were, I think we got five challenges. Yeah. It was like a fintech education and uh, some voice assistance and so on. But I think the winners were, uh, I think one AI powered financial assistant, which was like going through your expenses and would uh, like help you or assist you. Uh, how to like better spend your money mm -hmm. than project around, uh, like distributing uh, your incoming money, like on a person basis. Basically, you get like, uh, if you're working for a company, you get like a steady salary, but if you're working on your own, then, uh, you get like, I don't know, right. 2000 euro on one day, like 3000 euro the next month and so on. But you can take like some uh, fixed fix, uh, value, which you pay the rent for and everything what's rest, you can like split it into percent. Then you can, you can, uh, let's say, uh, you've got remaining thousand euro and like 20% from that. To, so 200 euro will go into like, uh, your savings account. 30% is gonna go to your like, uh, food account or like, uh, yeah fun account and the rest is gonna go i don't know for something else so like it's it's more like a plugin or like a widget for for some banking app mm -hmm. and the last one was like educational platform uh also like for online banking uh app also like widget style thing which would help you with your like finances and uh like give you hints uh, how, how to use uh, certain things and how to spend better. And why do you think that the fintech is becoming so powerful in, in these times? Why do you think that a lot of people are getting involved in this area? Do you think it's related because Bitcoin is on the rise or the cryptocurrencies or but why? Because let's say I think that in general finance has been always around, but we never cared so much about it before. Yeah, I think there's a lot of like security concerns in, in the finance world. Mm -hmm. And as it gets more and more like safe and the transactions are faster, you can build, uh, more like different things, uh, connected, uh, also like, uh, crowdfunding got, uh, into the spotlight. So you can also like, uh, like connect a lot of like different, lot of different like investing platforms, a lot of like apps into your banking. 
and uh, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are many benefits uh, for sure for fintech. And now, Mihal, I have a rather challenging question. Oh. Why do you think people should join hackathons? Oh. <laughs> uh, I think, like, when we went with our friends to hackathons, we always told to ourselves, um, let's have a weekend where we're going to have, like, food for free. We're just going to eat there a lot, <laughs> at least if we don't win. But yeah, we joined uh, our first hackathon with this vision, and then we actually won the third place, which motivated us. Oh, wow. But yeah, uh, I think yeah, the food, uh, then to have fun with friends, to learn new things, to build your own project, to get some feedback on uh, how you're making things or what you plan to like on your project what you would like to do and um yeah and to maybe find a new job <laughs> with one of the uh partners which might be there so let me do let me do it still a little bit more challenging <laughs> so use federico who is also like a very experienced software developer was recently participated in a hackathon However, uh, he told me that he was kind of losing motivation because he saw that the price was not as good. And like, uh, the price was actually even like, it was like one month of his work. So he, he could get it as in the salary, you know, without all yeah. of the additional effort of non sleeping and coding yeah. and having all the stress of these projects. So. Uh, why do you think that professional developers, the ones that actually know how to code, uh, should join hackathons? Oh, it's a great team building activity <laughs> and to get you <laughs> get to know your colleagues better and um, enjoy some fun. It's actually not all about coding, but also about uh, like spending time together, uh, drinking some beer in the Saturday night <laughs> and uh, getting to know also the like technologies with uh, all the like students or the younger people are using or which are like uh, getting some traction. So it's also like about expanding your professional horizons. Yeah. So it's on, not only about the money, but also like about socializing yeah. and getting to know like the new technologies oh. out there. Well, like for me, it's maybe the main thing. It's like for me, it's not, or I've joined the hackathons not because of the money, but mainly for yeah. to have fun with friends and uh, to like uh, create maybe some interesting project which we can develop into some startup or something like that. Yes. And now, based on your experience, Michal, especially that you are in Europe, you have taken part in different hackathons. What would be your recommendation so people can win? Because <laughs> yeah, we, we might not we might not like to speak about money, man. But realistically speaking, everybody loves to win. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always hard. If have a good idea is the main thing, like something which is novel, which uh, the no one of the judges saw before. I think is the main ingredients. 
Yeah. And then you have to make pretty good prototype, but you have to present it far better. So f- find some good like niche idea, develop some prototype small, and then really good presentation. The communication skills are important. Yeah. So I would advise to have someone from like marketing or some like good speaker in your team mm-hmm. or businessman. Yeah, help that, you win it. That's also to, sell, to, to help help you sell the sell the project. Yes, that, that's also very important because I remember that with Federico, we we actually didn't win some hackathon, not because our idea was bad or our project was incomplete, but because we could not communicate it as clearly as it could have been. We yeah. were only a group of software developers; everyone was <laughs> coding, so we didn't have anyone from marketing. So it's it's very important to have like a multidisciplinary kind of yeah, thing team. as well. And, and just to summarize what you have said, uh, your recommendations, Miha. So is your recommendations were first of all to find a good niche, yeah. to create a prototype to sell your idea, and to have someone from marketing who is able to present and to communicate yeah. the idea like clearly. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Three main ingredients. And now, Michal, we would like to talk about the future as well and how you see the future of hackathons. Nowadays, a very important topic is global warming. And we can see this, and especially the, the, one of the great topics is with cryptocurrency and with mining, that is, Mining is taking a big toll on global warming, actually, and it's using a lot of resources. And even Elon Musk said just like <laughs> two weeks ago that he is going to, he is not going to support Bitcoin anymore because of the uh, impact that is having on the ecology of our planet. So my question is for you, Michal, do you think that we could kind of use hackathons to innovate and to come up with new projects to fix the global warming topic yeah i think that's possible but i think these hackathons should be then more like centered on the scientific community like to actually put a lot of uh, scientists from like different institutions together let them form teams and (laughs) try to come up with some great or unorthodox ideas to solve these issues. So mm-hmm. I think this, like, uh, it would not be really like maybe for public, but for, but more for this like close community of scientists. And I think it could make sense uh, rather than make some conference and just discuss it, but also try to like come up with uh, some like real fresh ideas and maybe have some uh, developers team or like hardware uh, enthusiast team at hand and try to also build some prototypes. Hopefully our scientist community is listening to to your words, Michal, because we really need to solve these problems and not only think in the, let's say, how to reach ourselves, but how to fix our planet because there is no other planet you could think that we're terraformers but i think we're far <laughs> from that point and i have a tricky question related to this topic still about cryptocurrencies 
Do you think that in the near future we are going to start giving people, I don't know, NFTs, cryptocurrencies, or something else instead of the current prices in the contest? Uh, yeah, I think this is a really good idea. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to introduce it this year <laughs> to give uh, <laughs> give the reward in cryptocurrencies, but uh, we have to like adjust it uh, uh, to the like real, real price. Uh, in like check rounds, or maybe we can just buy it in, like before and then uh, and then have it ready for the for the winners. So yeah, I think I think this might be like a motivating idea and uh, be a bit like unusual to give it out in the cryptocurrency. I think I might introduce it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is very innovative as well. I I haven't heard of such kind of prices before. <laughs> So it's just looking forward to the future, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and my very, very last question for you, Michal, and you mentioned that you would like to see in the future hackathons perform in a hybrid manner, so online and offline. Yeah. And apart from that, how do you think what will be other aspects that hackathons will have in the next 10 years? What would be different from now? I think there might be like uh, like more steps in the hackathons. Like right now, a lot of them are like weekends during the weekend, and some of them are more that you got some task and you got a month to finish it somehow. But I think it might be like some kind of a combination that you actually meet. You have the first round making something. Then uh, you present it, get some feedback, then like continue on the projects, and then there is going to be another round. So I think it might like span over like multiple weeks, maybe. And that might be interesting, but like the core thing, yeah, it depends also. Like I think the core uh, of like just meeting and doing something together, like some projects, uh, will stay, but uh, the span and the uh, like yeah. collaboration perspective might like switch like it might be that the teams might be like in person like three people in person and one connected remotely mm -hmm. like more like distributed all over the world and small teams working together with someone external helping them yes. out yeah so you could have like some for example just three mm -hmm. people working from Prague <laughs> from Czech Republic and mm -hmm. like a mentor from America, let's say, from Stanford, something like that. And I also think, as Federico mentioned, that uh, in the future it might be more like uh, more about like connecting APIs and using already built-in or like built uh, products, which you mm -hmm. just like click through uh, rather than like just typing code and. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are. We will be looking forward for this kind of innovations, and I would especially like to see the collaboration side and to see more and more projects that are developed by these hackathons in the real market, in the real world. <laughs> so, Michal, thank you very much for taking the time for participating. Do you have any last words for our audience? Oh uh, yeah, uh, thank you for inviting me here again, and I would like to invite all the listeners, uh, especially those from Prague or Czech Republic to join our hackathon in October. Just visit uh, 
hackprag.com. Uh, I think there is nothing yet here, but uh, in a couple of weeks, we should have the website ready and the registration form up. But yeah, write it down, uh, I think 16 or and 17th of October or something similar to that. But yeah, it's going to be hackprag 2021. Amazing. Save the date, folks, 16 and 17th of October. Hackprag 2021 is happening. We'll be looking forward to that, Nihal, and we'll be looking forward to hear from you and from other great ideas that we'll develop in this hackathon. Thank you very much once again. This has been Cyber Prophet. See you in the next episode.